All right, welcome everyone. Uh, this is the uh, Hopeless Professionals podcast. This is our first ever podcast. My name's Damon. This is Travis. Hey, Travis. So, um, you know, if you want to check us out, go to our website, hopelessprofessionals.com, where you can find out all about us. But since this is our first podcast, I'm going to give you a little bit of an introduction. I am working currently as a registered nurse. I've been a nurse now for six years. Um, Dad, gamer, husband, all those things. Travis, what about you? I worked in private banking for the last eight years, uh, you know, focus on financial planning and that type of thing. Um, you know, dad of two, husband, so always something going on trying to work in gaming and uh, whenever we can. Yeah, so that's kind of what we're all about here, you know, being dads and, and working and, you know, finding time to game. Um this is exciting because this is our first ever podcast. We just started a blog. We're we're starting to stream, and um, we're really looking forward to having everybody kind of join in with us as we kind of learn as we go. Yeah, um, I'm really nervous. Like I keep smiling, <laughs> kind of what to do or say. Um, but this is kind of the next step. So we've got the the website that we're trying to work on with Twitch. We've got a presence on every social media, but this is kind of what we're most excited about. Um, the number one thing that uh, we kind of are trying to build on to make a strength instead of a weakness is the fact that we actually live literally a United States apart. Damon lives this in- This is true. And I live in California. So this isn't like we can just meet up at Starbucks and record on a, you know, like the- the recorder app on your iPhone and, and kind of go from there. So this has been an experience because I am the least technical person that I've ever met. You know, that's funny that you say that because I, I have had some experience in GarageBand, but this is my first foray into something a little more um, technical. So I am very excited. I hope that everybody else is excited. And um, is right after this, we're going to start by talking about what we're currently playing And then we're going to dive into some news of the week. Travis, are you ready? Yeah, let's do it. All right, Travis. So um, why don't you tell me about what you're currently playing? What games, what systems, what are you, what are you, what are you playing at the moment? So right now, it seems like the last quarter or so of last year and, and you can see through our games of the year that we've been posting i played mostly playstation um nothing on xbox yet but i do have it set up but so far especially you know last december through january it seems like i'm mainly focused on the switch um right now i can't put down blossom tales i'm getting closer and closer to the end of that um really liking xenoblade but i'm not very far into that and then plus uh, i've never played skyrim i waited for that to come out on the switch so i recently started that um that's kind of i guess where i'm kind of centralized in between those three trying to to get some some conclusions in there because they're they're all kind of hard yeah you know it's funny because i i bought blossom tales and i played about the first 15 minutes of it and it's really reminiscent of a link to the past um which makes me want to play a lot more of it. As for Xenoblade, I picked that up on release day, and I'm probably about a dozen hours into it. I think I just got to Chapter 2, surprisingly enough, and I'm really liking it. The music is excellent. The story's interesting, but I'm not quite sure where it's going at the moment. As for um, other Switch games that I'm playing, I bought Darkest Dungeon, and I started it. The art style is incredible. It's really kind of creepy, and it's it's a hard game. 
I I really want to play more of that. And then, of course, other things that I'm playing, I'm playing the hidden ones, kind of taking my time with it. I'm playing uh, Destiny Elimination, of course, which is like our old standby. Travis, uh, you just played the hidden ones. Why don't you tell me about, you know, what you enjoyed of that? Oh, I really, the, I just like, I mean, my favorite game, I guess, of all time is, is The Witcher 3. Oh, yeah. Um, this brought, I, I played The Witcher 3 in so many different segments that this brought just some of that early reminiscent, you know, discovery and quest system back into it and uh, mixed with the Assassin's Creed kind of slick style of things. Um, I loved, loved, loved that game. And to just kind of be thrown back into it and um, the the way that they do the quests, the way that the world can work and just this this heroic factor that you get placed into of you're really helping these people that you see sitting around that, you know, can't speak for themselves and uh, against these militaristic forces and um, a, a theme that at least I'm seeing, you know, like talking with you and, and our friend uh, Brave Breaker about games like Zelda where this game is the same in a sense where you can beat one quest or, you know, one main bad guy in so many different ways, um, you know, based on kind of your favorite play style. And I think that that's something that I'm learning more about myself is how, how do I like to play these games, you know, and, and there isn't just one definitive way to do that. So it kind of helps me take a step back. Uh, there's a couple of different quests like that, that you'll find later on in the hidden ones, especially, um, where, you can choose, you know, how, how do you want to go about doing this? And, you know, is there going to be an effect? Uh, and I, I really like that with the hidden ones. Um, I'm excited to see where they go with the story um, and see, you know, kind of the Aya and the, the whole cast of, that they've seen to really put together here in the different bureaus within Egypt. Okay, so the Hidden Ones DLC starts about four years in the future. Bayek travels to the Assassin's um, headquarters in Sinai because he receives a letter. And the coolest part was arriving by boat, and it's like nighttime, and he's making his way up, and he gets to the bureau, and it's locked, and he doesn't even really know where to go. I kind of like the whole mysterious aspect that the DLC started on. Um, what can you tell me as somebody who hasn't, you finished the DLC, I'm about maybe a halfway through, what did you think? What's it like? And, and what do you hope that the franchise is going to do next, uh, either with DLC or the next entry? I'm, I'm really interested to see the next DLC. I think they really grasped the Egypt tone well. And, uh, I agree with, with the, that. What? I said, I agree with that for sure. Yeah. The, uh, I think that the, the next DLC involving pharaohs, I've tried to stay in the dark in that. I think that that might be kind of the apex or the climax of what they're trying to do. Um, this this DLC, the structure of it was kind of the same as far as like a, a pyramid, uh, pun pun intended, of, <laughs> you know, baddies and you know, sure. that kind of thing. And, and I liked it. I'd play it again. The gameplay loop is, is, is what I'm into. Um but I could see them doing something with either Aya and taking it on into Rome and, you know, like a Cleopatra-based story or, you know, something with this group of people or, or like a different perspective in the next game where you're still aware of what everyone's doing to get the creed moving. And I think that's pretty neat. That's a, that's a narrative, I think, that I would buy into for a couple games. That's pretty cool. So you're saying that with the Hidden Ones, it's kind of like it takes the, the aspect of the main game where you're, you're, you're starting at the bottom and you're working your way up to this, this figure who's who's the head of whatever shadowy business is going on. Is that, that kind of what you're saying the story follows? 
Yeah, it's it's a little bit different because you know who you're after. The problem is as you're just you're you're kind of talking with uh, the people who summoned you that they can't they can't get him because he's actually not in the area. So you start trying to figure out a couple different ways to get him to come to you. So that's that's why they ultimately summoned Bayek was mm. how can we how can we make this guy come to us? And, and you know he comes up with a couple of of ideas and um, the three situations that you face. Um, to, to make that happen are, are diverse and pretty expansive. You know, I had a lot of fun trying to figure out different ways to either, you know, not be sneaky at all or <laughs> to try not to avoid anyone at all. I, uh, I'm a big fan of the predator bow. Yes. And, uh, I, I use that more than anyone probably should. But, the flaming uh, predator bow. Oh yeah. What's it called? Smoke and mirrors. Yes. I, I could, uh, if I could pass that on into, you know, horizon zero dawn and any other game with a bow, I would do that in a heartbeat. Yeah, that, that is um, that is probably one of my favorite weapons as well. Now, I wanted to say, in regards to the future of the franchise, a lot of people are thinking that the next entry, if it doesn't star either Aya or Bayek as a continuation, a lot of people believe that the next entry will be in a feudal Japan uh, sort of setting. And there have been times in the past where Assassin's Creed has teased this sort of thing, with either concept art or whatever, would you be interested in playing an Assassin's Creed game set in in uh, ancient Japan sort of business? Oh, I, definitely. I would, I, the architecture and the style of that, I think, would be incredible. And I think that's exactly why they won't do it yet. Um, I think that, you know, it took them an, an extra year to get this out. I think that it would be doing too much too soon to really change the entire tone of the game and to have to like kind of carve out a different part of the timeline. I think that that's a great move for them in the future, but I think that they, they can still monetarily get a couple more games out of what they've started here. Now, I, li- I like how you said that. The, the thing that maybe they could build on would be to release expansions in the Bayek saga for the next year and some change and then release a full-fledged sequel in two years. Do you think that could be a possibility? Because I'd be okay with that. Yeah, yeah. I think, I mean, ultimately here, um, you just, you look back at, you know, and and you actually brought this to my attention, you know, they would really wanted to release um, a game every year and, uh, you know, that started to cut into the quality of the game. So I think, you know, in, in that sense, coming up with the expansion type of, of release where it's not necessarily the full, you know, they don't have to come up with a new game, but they can still keep this entertaining while working on that other. I'm sure that is, is possible. Yeah, I agree with that. All right. Um, anything else you want to talk about that you're currently playing before we move on to our news of the week? Just Blossom Tales. I'm, I'm almost done with it. And it, even I, I keep realizing that the gameplay is going to have an end game and it, it's really, I'm not going to give that game as much time as I want because I'm trying to move on to Celeste, but it, uh, it, this it Blossom Tales is a really fun game, especially mobile on the Switch. Yes, that is one of the Switch's qualities uh, that plays into its favors is the fact that you can take a game like that, put it on the TV, pick it up, go anywhere with it. And I feel like a game like Blossom Tales really lends itself to that that intimate. I'm going to sit here with a handheld and just really dive into this this little this game, play the dungeons, and experience the story. Um, you know, in a way that is just what I really like about Nintendo and the way that they do portable gaming. 
yeah, yeah, they definitely found what uh, what they needed to with the Switch, and I'm excited to see all the different ports and things that you know continue to come out and release as these excellent games that aren't hinged upon either just a remastered version with better graphics, uh, but some of these other pixelated great store games that now you can take with you on the go. I agree. All right, so now let's. Um, why don't we move on to news of the week? Okay, so news items of the week. Uh, first item, God of War finally receives a release date, April 20th, which is funny because not only is that uh, everybody knows what 420 is, but also Nintendo Labo comes out on 420 as well. You mean, first, you mean release for Super Troopers 2, right? Whenever you say everybody knows. Uh, you know, it, it would not surprise me if that movie was coming out on that date as well, because that would be totally no, it, fitting. Yeah, it really is. Um, so for in regards to God of War, I know I'm absolutely stoked to play it. Uh, how are your thoughts on that? I'm, you know, as, as we've talked about before, I'm, I have about an hour and a half gameplay experience with the God of War franchise. And that was God of War 1, and then I played on stream the other night. Yes. Um, about an hour of God of War 3, and then postponed it, because I, I didn't realize what through is it PS Now I can actually play all three. And uh, look forward to that. Yeah. But um, the, I, I think that's, that's really neat. Um, I look forward to seeing how a lot of that uh, is going to go. But I, I think I had somebody verbally tell me with a story And I I realized kind of everything that I was missing out on. And I think it's going to be really neat to see that uh, kind of all come to life. I agree. So now let's let's move on now. Something releasing that same day, as we just said, Nintendo Labo. What are your thoughts on that? I I think it's fantastic. I think it's really cool um, as far as the concept, um, moving into different ideas and stuff, uh, you know, that maybe they can do for first party games. Uh, But it's not something that I think is meant for me. Like, I don't see myself. I don't see me getting that for uh, for any reason. Uh, What about you? So I I thought it was interesting when I first saw it because it's like, okay. We do video games, but what else can we do to get people excited about either video games or gaming or just even just using their imagination in general? And I'll admit when I knew that they were having a release or a reveal trailer coming out in the afternoon, I had no idea what to expect. And then the trailer comes out. I'm in the grocery store with my son and I literally stopped what I was doing to show it to him and he was like, we have to get it. <laughs> and I thought to myself, do we really? Because you say that about everything we see. We have to get it. And then I thought more about it. And watching them put together the piano, which I'm not sure if you heard this, takes anywhere between two to four hours is what initial reports were saying from people who had gotten to experience it. And then thinking to myself that I'm a musician. I played saxophone. I played the marimba. I played the keyboard. I played guitar. Trying to give that to my son, who I don't really want to spend hundreds of dollars on a musical instrument, if I can spend $60 on 
a bunch of different things that can be put together, one of them being a piano, another thing being a little robot, all of these different things that he, we can do together as a father-son kind of experience. We're not just playing a game, sitting down and looking at a TV screen, but we're actually building things with our hands. I feel like it is a very unique opportunity that has limitless possibilities. Yeah. Yeah, I can see what you mean there. I yeah. Think it's, uh, it's, it's a really good, the concept itself is, is fantastic. I, uh, I, sorry if I'm distracted. I'm currently trying to figure out what a marimba is. A marimba um, is like a giant key, keyboard xylophone that you play with mallets. Um, it's one of the coolest sounding instruments ever. If you g- Google it, and you'll find some pretty awesome stuff. Yeah, uh, it's it's funny. The less we play Destiny One, the more I learn about you, and uh, your, <laughs> your 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 talents are seem uh, never ending. Yeah, it's well, you know, it's funny. All right, second item. Fortnite, as we know, is a huge success. Piggybacking off of the success of PUBG, I don't know if that's fair to say, if it's necessarily piggybacking off of, but Battle Royale games seem to be a, a just absolutely ridiculous phenomenon at the moment. So Epic has decided to close down their MOBA, Paragon, in favor of Fortnite. And not only... Are they doing that? But they're offering refunds for anyone who, I guess, has purchased Paragon or spent money on it, which, uh, I mean, that's just kind of mind-blowing. What do you think? I, I've played a ton of Fortnite. I'm not very good at it. Um, You're much better than I am. I, I really like it. It gives me the, the hand-sweaty thing like I used to get from Trials of Osiris, but I have no idea what Paragon is. So it's a MOBA, which is a multi um, player online battle arena. I, in all honesty, I'm not really positive either what it is, but it's a third person game. I guess it's arena based. There's these objectives. It's kind of like if you've heard of, um, Dota or league of legends, I think it's similar to that. Okay. So, but I don't know what it is, but I thought it was funny because Epic had stated we're, we're not going to, just because we're making Fortnite, we're not going to close down Paragon. And then they did exactly that. So, but I guess they they saw where the money lied and they had to go with it. Yeah. I mean, I think they really, they, they, because I think, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but even, uh, Fortnite is still in early access. So yes. they, there's a, there's a whole PVE. That was what we originally spoke about was the horde mode. And, uh, we, you know, jumped into the, uh, the battle royale and everything. So I think that's a game that has a really interesting jump start into getting the, these two, because uh, you look at PUBG and, and some of those other games, I don't think they have that type of balance of both. And if they can get the PVE right, I think they have this, uh, this jump start on being a, a really good base game for people who want both types of, uh, you know, of gameplay. Yeah. And you know, I like Fortnite a little bit more, I haven't played PUBG yet, but in terms of, of appeal to myself, Fortnite is more appealing because it does offer that 50v50 mode, which you and I did play, and we were on the winning team, which was exciting for me. I can't win a Battle Royale game, but I was able to be on the winning side, and I did actually feel like I contributed, which I don't know that I'd feel that way in PUBG. You actually, I think you got kills and I didn't. <laughs> um, either way, though, it was really interesting, and I would like to play more of of a type of game like that that is really well crafted. Yeah, 
yeah, so I, I mean, I guess to, to stay on topic of the news, I can see why a studio would, you know, it, with that sudden success, you know, you've got to kind of understand where the, where the money lies, everything is a business. So moving that over so that they can get the attention to make that it, not just a, a passing fad, but maybe, maybe the game of, of the next couple of years for, for their type of, you know, genre. Yeah. Okay. Last news item, Destiny 2. Whew. What a roller coaster. But the exciting thing is they're adding masterwork armor, which if you haven't had a chance to read, every piece of armor gives you a 3% damage reduction while you're in your super. Um, so that's, I mean, if you've got a full set, that's five pieces, I believe, with um, helmets, arms, chest, yeah. legs, and class item. That's a 15% damage reduction while you're in your super. So for roaming supers, that's pretty significant. And then also uh, the Iron Banner's coming out. Not only is it offering Season 2 gear, it's offering all previous gear from Engrams. There's going to be ornaments. I, I haven't had a chance to try it yet, but I know that we're planning on streaming that uh, all this week if possible. What are your thoughts on Destiny 2, the updates, what you'd like to see, and just how they're doing in general? I I don't formulate. I mean, one of the things that I know we've talked about in starting some of these these narratives, I don't I don't like to be negative, so I don't talk about Destiny 2 a lot, but it it's always an apology. It's, hey, you know, sorry about this, or, hey, yeah, this is the way it's going to be. Sorry if we led you this way. And so I'm, I'm pretty over it. You know, that's why we play so right. much Destiny 1 after all the hype for Destiny 2. We were real excited. So it's, I think it's interesting. Um, I think that you give this game six to eight months with the live team and, and what is it, Chris Barrett. I think that they're going to really come around. I think that this will be a game that I, I spend a lot of this year on, not in its current state, um, but I, th- I think they've got some things to figure out. Um, and I think that it's unfair to judge Destiny 3 on this if they start fixing Destiny 2 now and they're already working on Destiny 3. Yeah. Uh, but that's an Activision problem, not a us problem. And uh, <laughs> I, I just I think that I, I think they'll go in the right direction. Our community, the community for Destiny is is a very vocal one. Yes, it uh, is. Little fault, but um, I look forward to seeing it. I look forward to streaming it. We played last night, and I, I got wrecked a bunch. <laughs> so I look forward to kind of jumping in and uh, getting my wheels back and or my bearings or however that goes. Right. Um, I like what you said. Like, and I agree. I feel like Destiny Two is one of those games that even though it's not super high on my list at the moment. I will play it intermittently throughout the year because I do feel like every update they they do is going to push it a little bit more and a little bit more in the right direction. What I want to see, because since you brought up the, the topic of Destiny 3, now if you can see me, I'm doing the air quotes thing here, but I don't want them to do a full hard reboot like they did from D1 to D2. I know why they had to do it because their tools were outdated and it was causing them massive amounts of issues. What I want to see is I want to see them kind of implement Destiny 3 in a way that allows us to just kind of keep what we have now and go right into it. That way we're not reworking and and re-earning all of the gear and maybe emblems and emotes and all of that stuff, but more or less they're just going to totally change the world and it's going to open up new possibilities. What, what, what do you think? I, that's, that's kind of a tough, tough question. I, I get why. And I think the, the narrative and the story, they did a finite, you know, 
the problem is they, they made these promises before D1 came out. That's one of the reasons I started looking into Destiny was, you know, it's this 10-year experience where your character moves on. Right. And then all of a sudden they're like, oh, yeah, by the way, except Dud, your, your stuff isn't going to move on, just your <laughs> character that you can't change the model of. And it's like, oh, you know, okay, well, whatever. Okay, our vaults blew up. Oh, my God. You know, I get it. <laughs> you, can't, you can't have a catastrophe every three years where you survive, but all your stuff is gone. So I think they just – they need to – no, I know what you're saying. You – I'm just curious. How do other games of this type work? Wow. other I don't know any other MMO games that are persistent in this fashion where things get kind of rebooted all the time. What do you think? Well, it's – the problem with that is is Destiny is is this nice – I say nice. It's, it's meant to be this nice MMO – I mean, I used to play RuneScape, so you have all these cool games of, you know, through this character, you can do all these things, but then it's also an FPS, a first-person shooter. So, right. you know, it's kind of treading a path where people are like, oh, why was this never done? And I think Bungie's finding out those reasons. Yeah, that's them. true. And uh, the one thing that you look at is with all of those, you know, types of games, they, they're pay-to-play, and they're pay-to-play every month, and you, you give this money for this content and they work in these different skills and abilities, and they're paid differently. So they have the ability to spend time to create different systems where, you know, Destiny's consistently on a clock because of a contract. So they don't have time to, th- to integrate these different systems. They tried that with the Eververse. It did not go over very well. No, and, not at all. And it's hard for them to rethink that while still fixing the game to try to get people to play. Now, I have a question. You Do you not think it's possible? Say... Pretend that Destiny 1 and Destiny 2 was a consistent product. Do you not think that it would have been possible for them to take Destiny 1, have the Cabal show up, and then start Destiny 2 in the same fashion where we could have kept some things but not others without them having to reboot the whole thing if their tools were up to par? I don't. I think that if anything, it was the the big switch and the engine change to make sure that they because they, they needed to do it on PC, right? leaving PS3 and Xbox 360 behind, I think that that would have taken more money than any of those companies, or like, you know, the companies that are part of it were able to throw into it. And so I think this was just the, this is what made, it's the decision that made Destiny 2, 1, the, uh, the, the prelude to the Destiny series, I feel like. All right. I, 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 uh, I can agree with that. All right. I think that about wraps up our news of the week. Um, next, we're going to talk about our big topic, uh, 2018 games that we're excited for, predictions, and our gaming resolutions for this new year. All right, so 2018. Oh, man. You know what's funny, Travis, is we're one month in and... I think all we've done so far for the year 2018 is look back at 2017 and we haven't really taken time to figure out exactly what we're looking forward to and what we hope to accomplish in this new year. Um, so we started a gaming website, a, a blog, you know, opinions, we're streaming, we're doing a podcast like we're talking about everything we enjoyed from the last year, but let's start off. I'm going to start with a game that I'm looking forward to in 2018, and that's God of War. I know we said it already, but 
the thing that really drives this new game home for me and wanting to play it is the perspective. The director, Corey, says the game is going to be a single shot. It's never going to, there's not going to be any time skips. There's not going to be any jump cuts. It's going to be following Kratos and his son as they take this journey. And that's all I know. I refuse to read or hear anything else about it. But I know he said he drew inspiration from The Last of Us. And it just makes me want to experience that game full force head on as soon as it comes out. Um, what's what's one of your most anticipated games of this year? I mean, definitely the the most that I that comes to my mind is uh, assuming that it does come out this year. They haven't said otherwise, but would be The Last of Us Two. Um, you know, just the original playthrough that I had, I played through it halfway again, and then uh, our friend that played through it recently, who just who really fell in love with it, beat it a couple of different times. I. I've seen the teasers and things and the darkness in the world that they're showing us. I I really think that's going to be something that I just don't put down once I get my hands on it. And I can't say that about any other game that I I can think of coming out this year. I agree. Uh, The the first one was a real treat and the little teasers and stuff that they've given us for the second one really kind of say that this 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 new one's going to be even more brutal and and I, I hope though that in all of that brutality they're able to tell a story that was as meaningful as the one in the first game i i think they have to because i i remember i didn't believe you when they said they were making a sequel because there just wasn't anywhere to go with it and uh, for them to uh, – there's some interview with someone sometime said something that they came up with a story where they had to make a sequel. And that was the thing is they liked where the game had ended. And so they weren't worried about trying to, to kind of wring anything else out of it. So I think that I'm really excited to see what caused them to to kind of reopen the book that was The Last of Us and the story of, of these guys. Yeah, I, I really that's – a, that's a great point. Um Okay, so now I'm not going to go through all of the other games that I'm most anticipating. If if you guys want to check those out, please go to our second boardroom discussion. I am going to jump down to talk about two games that are coming out, actually one in a week and another just 10 days after that, uh, Shadow of the Colossus and Bayonetta 1 and 2. Uh, both of these are obviously remasters or re-releases. Now, the Shadow of the Colossus is a total reworking of the PS2 game, the the footage for that has just looked absolutely incredible. Travis, wh- what do you think? I, I see all the things online. It's uh, So I, I had forgotten about Bayonetta too. But, so for me right now, the big decision, and I talk with you about this, I think at least once a day, <laughs> is uh, you know wh- what am I going to pick up for, for my playthroughs in February? Do, am, are we going to do Shadow of the Colossus? Or do we want to get Monster Hunter? Because I want to get both, but... Um, and I probably will. Let's get, let's get real. But I did forget about Bayonetta. Um, but the game just looks so cool. And uh, it's it's both of these games, both being uh, the, the PlayStation games, uh, Monster Hunter and Shadow of the Colossus, they're not getting any negative reviews. So that's not helping me make my decision either. So, yeah, right. They're uh, both getting extremely great reviews. So it's like you can't say, well, whatever one is not as good. Right, and I, I didn't plan on that. I think just because of the conviction that I've heard behind Shadow of the Colossus, it is likely that I'll pick that up first. Um, but ultimately, just depending on the streams that we do and, and asking the people hanging out with us, you know, what they would want to see, I think will probably make my 
my decision for me because I'm I'm pretty even on on both of them. I could play either one. Yeah, I do. I do not disagree with that. Um, I'm also really, you know, this this is a game that I I didn't remember was coming out this year, but apparently it's going to be teased in just a couple weeks, and that's a game in a very beloved franchise of the two of ours. And it's, I think the title of it is shadow of the tomb Raider. Um, I totally forgot that this was coming out and I actually saw a, a, I guess it was a tweet from the, the developers of that game saying, we want to show you something soon, but we're not ready yet. But it was something along the lines of when we do show you, it won't be much longer after that, that you'll get to play it. So, I mean, I know you played both the the um, definitive edition of Tomb Raider and then you played Rise of the Tomb Raider. What do you think will be like this next Tomb Raider game? I, uh, I, I like the Uncharted games, uh, Uncharted. And uh, I remember the Tomb Raider games from my uncle playing them on the, the original PlayStation and all that. And uh, Angelina Jolie... Is Laura Croft sometimes in my mind, which is not necessarily what everybody thinks. Um, but those two games, um, the uh, what was it Rise of the Tomb Raider, was actually one of the first games aside from Destiny that I ever streamed, and and I I really liked those games. They one of the things that Uncharted does is they take this you know mystical element and they ground it. Yes. Where Tomb Raider does not do that. They really let the mysticism fly. They show you this incredible culture and and you know where in a, in a different reality where you know magic really happens and sometimes it's your your biggest opposition and i would i will play this game and i i will look forward to it i'll pre-order it and probably get one of those cute little statues or something this is that's great uh, this is one series that uh it's funny whenever we're going through these things um these are all games that you've turned me on to because of your experience with them so uh let me know again thank you for that <laughs> yeah in case anybody doesn't know apparently before uh travis was kind of uh what did you say you were halo and then it was destiny and that was pretty much it i played back in the you know back in my high school days i played a lot of halo 2 and halo 3 on online i guess mostly halo 3 uh and then i played a lot of uh call of duty modern warfare 2 and then it, it was the uncharted games i actually bought an xbox 360 once to play uncharted 2 you mean a ps3 are they PS exclusives? They are. Yeah, yeah, because that was also about the time Battlefield Four came out. You're absolutely right. And uh, <laughs> the uh, but I, I had no, I wasn't playing any other game at the time, and all of a sudden I was just not that I'm just a compulsive buyer, right? I guess, but uh, maybe I am. And uh, so you know, I, I loved um, those games, and I, I totally just lost my train of thought. That's no. So I'm gonna I'm gonna take your Uncharted. Um, statement there i'm gonna i'm gonna jump on that real quick before we move on uncharted has always been a series that has kind of been near and dear to me um i picked the first one up uh i literally i i i house sat for a boss of mine i had to walk his dog six times a day oh my god it was miserable um and then I took the money that I got from house sitting and i bought a ps3 and then i went home and i bought Heavenly Sword and Uncharted. And to this day, the only one of those games I've played to completion, I might add, more than a dozen times is Uncharted 1. So, and then the way that the Tomb Raider series has kind of taken the basis from Uncharted 
and kind of grown, like you said, they go, they, they just run wild with the mysticism and the, the mythology. Yeah, that's a hot take for you to say that, uh, you know, that Tomb Raider is borrowing anything from Uncharted is enough to, to upset some people. You know, some people say that Nathan Drake is just the, the carbon copy of, of what Laura Croft is. You mean, uh, the dude Raider as people have lovingly referred to him? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's about right. You know what? I think it's funny because Tomb Raider was the inspiration. Then Uncharted kind of came after a point where the Tomb Raider games weren't as good. And then I feel like Tomb Raider then said, oh, okay. And then they went back. And now the two of them kind of go back and forth head to head in a, in a, in a really good way. Yeah, yeah, that's definitely a, a competition that is uh, the best for us. I, I look forward to seeing what they're going to do with uh, – the Uncharted franchise after this last, the, the Lost Legacy uh, had released yes. with Drake's story kind of being what looks like kind of retired. So um, we'll see. But otherwise, I, I look forward to more Tomb Raider games and I look forward because, you know, obviously Uncharted, th- that can't die because... Because Sony needs money. Uh, yeah, well, they, they make too much money with the games, so they've got to keep releasing them because... And they're good, so that... Oh, that's, that's very true. All right. Um, let's see. Next on our 2018, I'd like to kind of dive into things that we've predicted. Now, anybody who wants to kind of read through this can can go back to our boardroom post. But I want to say that one of my biggest predictions for this year is that Nintendo is on a roll. And they've been really good at kind of hiding features until they're they're absolutely ready to go. And then they're like, oh, here it is. It's ready. It's yours now, or or in a week, or whatever. And it's 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 much more fully fledged than it was in the past when they've tried to implement things either say on the Wii, the Wii U, the 3DS, whatever. Where many times it felt kind of half baked. Now I, I will say that there are some things on the Switch that are kind of half baked at the moment. If you've ever played Splatoon 2 online, you'll notice that the the party system, the chat system, is not where. It is on any of the other modern consoles. However, I do think that in 2018, Nintendo's going to finally announce and release their virtual console for the Switch, and it's going to be much more feature complete than it has been in the past, where, say, your previous purchases are remembered, purchases that you make now will cross over to other, you know, your other accounts if you have them, and it's going to have a lot more games and and a steady release of games. Whereas in the past, it, hey, they've released the virtual console and said, "Hey, we've got all of these games right now," and then in a week or two weeks, it's like, "Oh, we don't have anything for." Um, as long as we can see at the moment. So just stick around, and I promise we'll have more stuff. Uh, what do you think? Would you be interested in a virtual console, and and do you even think that something like that's going to happen this year? I think that I think Labo is a great release that we talked about with Nintendo. I think that they made a very bold move with coming out with the Switch. They came out with uh, you know one of the greatest games maybe of all time, and I'm. Like I'm not good at Zelda, but I still played it, beat it, um, and then coming out with Super Mario Odyssey later in the year, they they can't do that, and then not have something to follow up with. Like they can't just follow down and expect their the Switch sales to you know to keep rising. And I know that that's the momentum they'll want. I think Labo is a great stretch for the first kind of quarter and first half of the year. Um, some of the things that I've heard is that 
and you're going to know better. But what do they call it? It's a Nintendo what when they release some of this stuff. Um, when they, the idea is like when they announced Dark Souls Remastered. Oh, the Nintendo Directs. Yeah, so apparently whenever they launch the mini Nintendo Directs within a certain time frame, which is almost coming up, they always have a huge one after. Uh, Reddit was telling uh, some of the podcasts that I listened to, so I look forward to seeing that. But I think they have to have something, either an announcement of a Pokemon game, um, either you know the store like you're talking about, which I'm actually not familiar with the concept. I know you've tried to explain it a couple times, but I think that I just try not to get too excited um, ultimately what I want is some type of package deal of these old Zelda games so that I can finally play them and <laughs> we're feeling the shame that I feel for, for never experiencing them. Um, so, uh, everybody now, Travis is going to be a little upset that I reveal this, but he has never played a Zelda game up until breath of the wild last year. It's cold. Oh, but it's true, you know, and you, you said you're not good at Zelda games, but the funny thing about Breath of the Wild is it's so accessible yet so challenging at the same time. And that's kind of why I do feel like Nintendo has kind of hit a new level with the Switch because they're able to bring in new people and appease hardcore gamers at the same time. So when, when you mentioned Labo, I feel like that's going to bring new people, but I think they need something else to come after that to also say, Hey, all you other hardcore gamers who maybe you don't want to build things out of cardboard. Maybe you don't have kids. Maybe you're just not interested in that. We do have not only dark souls remastered, but maybe Metroid prime or Pokemon or the virtual console. I feel like there's a huge announcement buried somewhere in the rest of this year. And it's either, it's going to be E3 or sometime between now and then that we're going to find out about it. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. I, uh, I, they have to have something and I, I just kind of, kind of firmly plant my flag on the fact that they, they had two huge releases. Um, I think one of the things that Nintendo has in their favor is the fact that all of these, uh, you know, like, I keep referencing Dark Souls because I'm, I'm really excited about that because I hear it's really hard and I can't wait to get super pissed. Yeah. Uh, but, um, you know, in the meantime, while they're doing these things, there are big announcements for the Switch that don't that, that are coming from third-party ports, and they don't have to worry about that. They can keep working on these other things. And, and I think that they're doing well at using that to their advantage and, uh, you know, surprising us like they want to whereas in their other consoles you know like the xbox that that can't really do a lot and don't have a lot to contend with i think switch is really an up-and-coming thing and that's good for us on all consoles as gamers you know that yeah. nobody wants to just be falling behind so i look forward to seeing what everybody's doing i agree with that um you know it's it's funny because the the playstation 4 has sold like 70 million copies the the nintendo switch is the fastest selling console ever released i think um worldwide i know for a fact that it is in japan and it is in america um and then the xbox for me is in this weird spot. They just released the Xbox One X. It's kind of this half-step upgrade a la the PlayStation 4 Pro. Um, but I just I don't feel any desire at the moment to play anything on the Xbox. I, I mean, Sea of Thieves looks interesting. I just don't know what I think of it at the moment. Perhaps I haven't seen enough. Or, you know, what, what, are, what are your thoughts on, the, on, on that situation? So it's still in early access, or I guess it's in the beta. It's one of those two. I'm yeah, not sure how it's, phrase it, but, it's in a closed um, beta at the moment. The uh, I guess the deal is the play loop, the gameplay loop is fun. Um, the people who, who like it are saying that 
they just hope that there's a lot of customization um, and that you know the, the base game's a little bigger. I want so uh, you know I, I look forward to I'm going to play Alan Wake sometime this year. I know that you and I, whenever we can get streaming up on Xbox, we want to play through some of the Gears games. Yes, and, uh, and also PUBG. Um, but I don't have any. Nothing is reaching out to me to to go play the Xbox, and um, and it's cool. I like having it. It's named a cool thing. I got my gamer tag, and I designed a uh, little dude, but. <laughs> an avatar as i believe they're called yeah i haven't even bought the uh the xbox gold or whatever it's called because i just don't have a reason to be playing and and i can't you know you and i aren't playing anything on there and that's most of the time we don't we're, we're feeding off each other for something i think see if the use is going to be my emergence into into the xbox but you know like with me i can't just like with monster hunter and uh shadow of the colossus i'm waiting to kind of hear some of the I'm, I'm not buying that at release or pre-ordering. I'm going to go ahead and wait and hear what, what people are saying before I jump in there. I think that's a good point. For me, I, I'm skeptical of Sea of Thieves for, I can say, one reason is because Rare, who is the company that's developing Sea of Thieves, has not had a spectacular track record when they have been making games for Microsoft. If if you don't know Rare, Travis, they used to be a Nintendo um, owned company and they made the Donkey Kong Country games and they made some other things and they were when when they were a part of Nintendo their games had this certain amount of polish and a certain amount of, of level of fun that was expected then they got bought by Microsoft or, or Nintendo sold them off or however that ordeal went and their their quality of their games has really been kind of disappointing at least for me, and I'm, I'm sure that there are some other people that have felt that way as well. So I am skeptical that Sea of Thieves can be as as fun or as good as I'm hoping that it is. So I share your sentiment there where I am definitely waiting to see what the reviews say. Um, I, I haven't really had a chance to experience it, but I, I want to be optimistic because it really does look like an interesting game. Pirates, sailing, if there's treasure. I don't know... If there's going to be like I raids per se or any sort of you know um, end game action or or whatever, but I'm I I am going to remain skeptically optimistic on that one. Yeah, I think you're you're right, and I uh, I mean, and I'll be brutally honest. The main reason that I'm excited is because I really enjoyed Assassin's Creed Black Flag. Yes. And, uh, and I, I hope that it has some of that. And Assassin's Creed Origins also has some naval scenes in it. So I, that's usually I would be like, no way, man. But I think that the, the, the way those were handled as far as gameplay, I can see myself liking this game. Uh, and, and if I can get a cool little hat with a feather in it, and, you know, just R80 for a little <laughs> while, I'm into that. You know, if I can get, get my time worth out of it as a change of pace, even it doesn't have to be a game that I'm into forever. Um, I, yeah, you know, that's a good point. Yeah, I'm done to check it out, but we'll see. All right. I think um, if anybody is curious as to what other games we're excited for, check out the website. See what we we discussed in our boardroom post. Um, The last thing we want to do in our 2018 section here is we're going to do a little resolutions, gaming resolutions for the year 2018. Um, I'm going to start here by saying that in 2018 – I am going to finally finish 
one game that I have literally played since I was um, maybe 12, 10. I'm not exactly positive, but um, to preface this, I've owned this game on probably every system that it's been released on since I was that age. I've played it for approximately one hour on every one of those systems, and I've never beaten it. I've somehow managed to avoid the story for this long, despite everybody talking about it and about how how much they've enjoyed it. And that game is Final Fantasy VI or Final Fantasy III, if you're following the North American timeline. Um, I've had this game on literally every system, and we're talking even the the PS Vita, uh, the Game Boy Advance, and now currently on the Super Nintendo Classic. And um, I am going to, this year, finally sit down and play it to completion. Uh, And if I can figure out a way, I will play it to completion on stream so that everybody can kind of see what I'm finally experiencing for the first time. Uh, Travis, tell me what's, what's a resolution that you hope to achieve in this year? A resolution for me, I guess I have, I'm going to cheat. I actually have two. Uh, one resolution is in release in April for uh, God of War 4. I want to play at least the three preceding base games of God of War. So I want to you know, go and see what those are about, see what I'm going right into in God of War 3, and uh, kind of take it from there into the new narrative and gameplay so that I can be just as either upset or a big fan of the changes that uh, everyone's talking about. Um, but aside from that, one of the things that I've promised to you and now to the internet is in the event that there are any releases of any Zelda game, whether it be, I don't know any Zelda names to name here, but uh, whether it be Zelda 1 or Zelda 12, <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I will, I'll stop playing whatever I'm playing and uh, hopefully by then you know, have a capture card and we can stream it, but uh, I'll, I'll play that to completion before I play any other games, and and I look forward to to both of those, um, just because I, I, I the gaming culture and, and some of these things are are a lot of fun, and I'm, I'm sometimes I'm a little more analytical than I I mean to be, and I think that these games are are things that I like to uh, that I want to be a part of so that I can say I've experienced them too. Yeah, you know what? I think it's going to be funny for you. In my situation, I've played every Zelda game probably chronologically. Um, I think I think as a kid I played Zelda 2 and then Zelda 1, but that was simply just because I was, you know, probably four or five at that, that time. Um, but since then, I've played every single game as it's been released. And to see the way that the, the, the series has evolved to where we're at with Breath of the Wild, I'm curious to know what you will think going backwards, sort of, and saying, oh, so this is what Zelda was like, you know. And, and, and I, I want to know what you think of how the way the story is structured, because it's, it's vastly different. And I just, I'm, I'm excited to see somebody's perspective coming in fresh, moving backwards um, through that timeline. Yeah, yeah, it'll be interesting. I, uh, I think that's one thing that I'm, I'm happy about playing a game like Blossom Tales because everybody's saying, uh, you know, that it's a Zelda clone. So even through Blossom Tales, I had to, I kept getting, I kept losing for a while. So I went back and I upgraded a couple of things and actually started to find secrets that I missed on my first playthrough in some of the other more base areas, and that kind of made me think about 
what it would be like to play a Zelda game where you, you know, you're doing these things. And I'm excited to see, um, and this is off of your doing, um, but what Ganon look like in a more physical sense, other than the, uh, you know, the more spiritual Ganon you see in, in Breath of the Wild. Yeah, that's a, that's, that's an excellent point. Um, the last, I'm going to take a, a second resolution here. Um, and I am vowing to complete one new released game every month this year um, for 2018. And, and that means starting now in February, because January is over, unfortunately, and I haven't played anything new this month. But starting now with February, um, I'm going to play, start and finish a new, new, newly released game each month. And um, I think that I should challenge you to do the same as well. I think that I think that that'll be cool. I uh, one of the things I would like to try to do is uh, let's try to get it on stream. Now, obviously, the challenge then for us is to find a way to not limit ourselves to PlayStation only games. But uh, we'll, we'll worry about that when we get there. But that's a uh, that's pretty good. One of the things we'll have to do is maybe up until June we can start talking about what we anticipate our games of the month to be, uh, just so we can get some feedback on that. See if people want to see those games or if they're like, Hey, you know, you guys suck at these games. Play something else. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. Um, all right. So let's move on. Let's talk about what we're looking to play next and then we'll, we'll kind of close out here and we'll, we'll, we'll hopefully see everybody again soon. Um, we're going to hope to do this podcast thing maybe once every, every other week, once a month. We're not really sure at the moment, but, um, I know next up for me is shadow of the Colossus without a doubt, because I've, I've got my special edition coming. I cannot wait to see this, this world recreated in all of its HD glory. Um, and then just 10 days after that is Bayonetta. So th- those are my two upcoming games, and I will beat at least one of those for this month. What, what, what's something that you're looking to play next for sure in, in February? I, so I'm, I'm conflicted. I also I, I want to play Shadow of the Colossus along with you uh, just because you know we, we always have a good time doing that type of experience. But one thing I want to do kind of as an experiment is if, if you're going to be playing Shadow of the Colossus, I think I want to buy uh, the uh, Monster Hunter just so that as we're streaming, as we're doing these things, we're showing we're, we're sharing both experiences for people to see more than one uh, one game. So maybe we'll maybe yeah. we'll try something like that. Um, I do want Bayonetta, but I'm going to have a hard time buying Bayonetta before I beat uh, some of the games that I I, I want to play Celeste first. So maybe Celeste will be my uh, I'll call it like a, a spare time game through February, and uh, we'll go from there. You know what's what's interesting about Bayonetta too is if you don't want to just dive right in and play or buy the the double pack, I think you might be able to get just the first game off of the eShop, and then you could then maybe play that either at the end of the month or, or towards the beginning of March where you can really see if you like it. You might you might jump in and be like, you know what, it's not what I thought it was going to be, or you might start it and be like, wow, I really have to play this whole thing now. Well, yeah, I think that, I mean, if anything, I, the Switch library is something I look forward to expanding. I already own Skyrim and a couple of other things digitally, and I like to, I like to have that tangible copy. I'm not a big fan of downloading games. Um, yes. So we'll see. Um, there, like, one of the coolest things that I've, I've got is that uh, metal, metal book for uh xenoblade and uh so i also you know what need to beat that game too i uh yes that is a massive game 
Yeah, yeah, that's I'm still getting used to the combat on that, but that's a different conversation for another time. All right. Um, so in closing, uh, we're going to be streaming weekly. The days are going to differ at the moment. We're going to do our best to put a weekly schedule up on the website, which you can check out at hopelessprofessionals.com slash schedule. Uh, go there. We're going to try to update it every Sunday where you'll see what games we're going to be playing, hopefully, what days we're going to be on, approximately what times, if we can we can kind of, like, we're new to this at the moment, so bear with us as we try to kind of get our foothold in this whole streaming business here. Um, Travis, what do you have to add in that regard? Uh, I mean, you can send us messages, look for our gameplays. Uh, I'm Travis4596 on Xbox Live and PlayStation Network. Uh, Gruntled1 is Damon. Yes. Which your Xbox is, unless it's the same. I don't have an Xbox name at the moment, but I'm going to make one, and we'll have that up on the site shortly. Yeah, that's one thing I think we should we could do a little a little better. Um, and otherwise, um, I think that's that's about it for this one. We uh, we'll see how this one goes. Um, if you if you make it this far, let us know. Thanks for listening. Um, I know I've had a lot of fun yeah. and. Uh, feedback just let us know you know your feedback is appreciated and uh we we look forward to talking to any or all of you yes please email us hopelessprofessionals at gmail.com or you can email either one of us individually hopeless pros travis or hopeless pros damon at gmail.com um, please send us your questions send us your feedback if if you've got things that you'd like to hear us talk about Send us a, 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 an email, and we will. We are going to read your email, and we will respond to it. And we, we really look forward to kind of engaging everyone in these discussions if we're if we're able to. Yeah, yeah, we can we can read your question live on the podcast that we don't know how many people will listen to if you want, and uh, <laughs> you'll give us something to talk about so we don't have to just talk back and forth. All right, um, so that's it. Well, thank you for for listening, and until next time, uh, we, we will see you then. Guardians out.